Well, good morning. It's great to see you all. It's really lovely to see people back sitting in the church again after so many weeks of doing a service just to a camera. And of course, you're all very welcome online. And I want to just take a moment to give a big shout out to my 90-year-old uncle who's watching this service in the UK and also my sister. So, hi, Uncle Tommy. <laughs> you got to do it. They get upset otherwise. So let's pray just for a moment. Father, we thank you that you are always with us. We thank you that your river of love is flowing out for us to bathe in, to just to devour you. And Father, I pray in these few minutes that you will open the eyes of our hearts and our minds to receive something new from you through this passage. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Our gospel reading this morning is the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which I'm sure is really familiar to all of you. Um, I learned it as a child um, in Sunday school a few years ago, many, many years ago. <laughs> the, this event takes place um, just after Jesus heard about John the Baptist. So often we pick up the Bible and we read a passage and, and you just take that little bit and you miss the very first line where it says, now, when Jesus heard this, and you go, oh, when Jesus heard what? So you have to look back a little bit. So Jesus' cousin and friend and someone he was very close to, John the Baptist, had just been cruelly beheaded, um, and Jesus had just heard this news. It was a really gruesome death, so he's bound to have been upset. Uh, and I don't know about you, but when I get bad news, and certainly uh, in recent months when my mom died, um, Part of me just wanted to be on my own. I didn't really want to be uh, with loads of people. But for Jesus, uh, it says that when he heard what happened, he withdrew to a solitary place. The assumption there is that he withdrew to pray, because in many times through the Gospels, we see Jesus withdrawing to a quiet place to pray. So Jesus wanted to withdraw to a solitary place to pray. And he got into a boat and drew a little bit out from the shore. But of course, what happened? The crowd saw him in the boat and they followed him along the shore. Now, Joe and I were in Israel in 2018 and maybe some of you have been there. And we saw this place, this area where this story would have taken place. And it is very remote. It's literally a hillside coming down onto Lake Galilee. So the, the people following Jesus would have had to scramble and, and follow quite a distance from where he was to where they caught up with him. And instead of Jesus saying, oh, come on, put, push the boat out further, I want to pray, um, he drew into the shore, he got out of the boat, and he met with the people. He healed their sick. He didn't shy away. It says in the text that he had compassion on them. The compassion of Jesus, that even in his grief, even in his sadness, he still had time to turn and to spend with the people and to heal them. And then... The disciples, I know later in the text, they did look to send them home, but the disciples also had an opportunity to disperse the crowd, but Jesus wouldn't have it. He wanted to do what he set out to do. He had compassion on the people. He put his needs, their needs, sorry, he put their needs over his own needs. He needed time. He needed to process his grief, but instead he went and spent time with the people. They're the people that he was here for. He was here to heal the sick and to um, tell people of the love of God. So 
So as the day turned to evening, and when Jesus was still giving of himself, the disciples tried to send, him away, send the people away. And of course, we know where the, how the story goes. They found um, five loaves and two small fish. We read in John's Gospel that this, these came from a small boy, probably not much older than you, Reuben. Uh, a small boy in the crowd who had five loaves and two small fish. Now, what he was doing with those so late in the evening is beyond me when nobody else had any food. He obviously had his lunch squirreled away somewhere. But that's another story. But what happened here was this boy was prepared to give everything that he had, to give the food that he had for Jesus to use. And what a jaw-dropping way Jesus used it. He fed 5,000 people with 12 baskets left over just out of those tiny uh, loaves and fish that this little boy had for his lunch. So this miracle, I think it's told, it's told for the disciples' benefit and for our benefit as well as for the people. Uh, and we could just gloss on and say, isn't that a great story? But let's see what we can actually glean from this text for ourselves. I don't know how familiar you are <coughs> with stories back in the Old Testament, but there's a very similar miracle occurred in 2 Kings chapter 4, where Elisha miraculously fed a hundred men from, it says in the text, 20 loaves of barley with some left over. It's almost a replica of what happened here, except of course for the number of people and the involvement of fish. <laughs> it also ties into God's miraculous feeding of the Israelites as they were wandering in the desert. You remember he gave manna from heaven, um, just sufficient for their day. In John 6, Jesus talks more about bread. He talks about him being the bread of life. He is the living bread that came down from heaven. And he says that whoever eats of this bread will live forever. He goes on to say, this bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. He also uses the breaking of bread to represent the breaking of his body. And then at the wedding in Cana, we have that great miracle where Jesus turned water into wine. He miraculously provided an abundance of wine, and here he's providing an abundance of bread. Bread and wine, symbols of his death and his resurrection, and also symbolic of the heavenly banquet, which is yet to come. So here a child gave what he had, and Jesus used it. And yet again, Jesus proved that there is nothing impossible for God. We may sit and think, I have nothing. The disciples, even in the middle of the text, as Haraki read it to us, they said, we have nothing here but, in their case, it was but bread and fish. We have nothing, but yet we have, we have ourselves we have us. We can give all we have to God for him to use it. And I loved what Peter said. You think we, we actually had rehearsed it when you said about relearning how to pray. This is a great uh, text to use for relearning how to pray. Drawing aside, taking time away, and drawing aside to be with your Father, with our Father. And when we look at the compassion that Jesus had for the crowd, even in that drawing away, he still had compassion. And it's an example to us too that we should continue to meet with God and to have compassion for other people. 
We all have difficulties, especially at this time. There are, I'm sure if you all came up here and said one thing that you're struggling with, um, we could all echo the sentiment. But there is nothing impossible for God. If God can use five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000 people, well, he can meet you in your life to help you and to lead you on. And how much more can he use us? Can he use what we have, the person that we are, what he has given us? How much more can he use that if we're prepared to open our hands and offer ourselves to him? It's never too late. There's nothing impossible for Jesus. And I'm going to keep saying that probably until the day I die. God is bigger. God is stronger than any of the barriers that we can put up against him using us. So this small boy gave his five loaves and his two fish. And I wondered this morning, what are we prepared to give? What am I prepared to give? What are you prepared to give? Are you prepared to give your relationships? Are you prepared to give your finances? Are you prepared to give your career path? Are you prepared to give decisions around your family? Maybe there are things you're thinking of doing as a family and you're really seeking God to know what his direction is. Maybe you could think about your service here in Holy Trinity as time goes on. We need everybody to be involved. You could think about your friendships, your habits. You can think about all that you have and give it sacrificially for God to use. It's never too late to turn from the path that we're on. It's never too late to turn back to God in prayer. It's never too late, as Peter said, to relearn how to pray. It's never too late to relearn how to bring God into every single area of our lives. There's a lot of fear still around at the moment with COVID-19. Bring it to God. There is nothing impossible for God. I don't know why God is allowing us to go through this, God allows lots of circumstances that we have no uh, reason for. But what I do know is that he is here with us. Nothing is impossible for him. So if you're in a place where you're considering a move, where you're considering um, drawing closer to God or making a decision, I would encourage you today to take this story of Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000. Take it as an example, to take time aside to spend with him, with the Father, to look with compassion on others, to make that phone call, send that text, help that person who's on your mind, even in our own troubles, and to offer what we have, to offer all of who we are, for him to use us, to feed others through us, and to bless others. There is nothing impossible for him. Amen.